from India to Africa. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye. Now as you might have seen, I've just returned from a private guided trip that took me to the Masai Mara in Kenya, the Serengeti in Tanzania, and Sabi Sabi in South Africa. In this episode, I sit down with Johan and Michael Applesamy. They've just returned from hosting our incredible India safari, and it took them to four parks in India. They hosted this uh, incredible experience, which, I mean, the amount of tigers they saw was just quite ridiculous. I walked past um, Michael Applesamy's desk early on and was looking at some images and video. Absolutely stunning. Now, I haven't been to India yet like these guys have. So in this episode, we just sit down and have a chat about their experience, compare it to Africa, and just uh, a nice conversation after our trips. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Okay, so let's do this. Where were you guys just now? So we were, we just got back from hosting the Incredible India Tour, um, which was roughly about two weeks, mm. just shy of two weeks. Um, ended up going to four parks out there in India, which was amazing, absolutely incredible. I mean, Johan's hosted the trip a couple of times before, but it was the first time for me. Mm-hmm. And mind-blowing, yeah. really, really mind-blowing. I have to ask a question that everybody's wondering. Yeah. Did it feel like going home? Honestly. Honestly, I mean, yeah. Johan knows how much of a struggle it is to get visas and stuff like yeah. that. Ah, not for Mike. Easy. <laughs> for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah, like within 24 hours, I had my visa approved, sorted. It was so So good. it was meant to be. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Heritage works, eh? Exactly. Like, exactly. It's coming back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did you have people waiting at the airport? Of course. Of course, it was family. Like, there was a whole family tree waiting. Oh, about 2,000 people, eh? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> Johan, you've done this before, eh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, always nice to be back. Um, yeah, it's just so different. I think that that minute you land in uh, in Delhi, it's just chaos, and I think it, it it strikes you, hits you in the face pretty much from like the minute you arrive. But yeah. then, you know, we don't spend much time in the cities. It's literally one night there um, on the way in, and then we get, go to the the forest. And okay. that's, I mean, I said to Mike, and I always say to to the clients, it's actually a miracle if you think of a country that's got like one point was it one point four billion people mm. now. They've still got these massive um, areas set aside for conservation, and people are really passionate about it. You know, we we can chat about later on about how people often people that haven't been there this uh, this the experience. But you know, once you get understanding for it and what it's all about, I think you know people have a little bit more clarity mm. with their, their thought process. So mm. just just before we get into it, what is the itinerary from a just from a broad view? So we, um, we start off, as Johan says, we start off in Delhi, we stay over there for a night. Um, and from there we head up to, oh, I've got to remember the names now. So Todoba National Park. Yeah, uh, so you fly into Nagpur and then yeah, into Todoba from there. Yeah, then from Todoba uh, we transfer to the next place, which is Pinch, Pinch. Mm-hmm. Pinch yeah. National Park. Mm-hmm. From Pinch National Park, we then move up to Kana National Park. Okay. And then eventually to the final one, um, Banovga. So between those four national parks, like Johan says, from Delhi we have a small flight into Nagpur, uh, and then we have a transfer into Tadoba. The, the, the rest of the places is then all driving transfers. Okay. Yeah. So, so those are the four parks that we visit, all within the the Pagdandi safaris. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Collection. Collection. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are they called again? Pagdandi. Okay. 
Pazandi. Yeah, so so we'll stay at all of their lodges, beautiful lodges, all mm. of them very very different in their own ways. Okay. Um, but very comfortable. It was it was yeah. really a good stay. Um, how, how would you describe the accommodation? Is it like because where I'm coming from? Because I, I was away at the same time as you guys. Mm. I did Mara, which is Mara Serena, mm-hmm. which is up on the hill, which is kind of like it's like a. I want to say sausage factory because it's very small rooms. They do it well, but they do eighty people. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily getty to Nasakia camps. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've been there. Yes. Yeah. So big tents, but very basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was an earth lodge sabi sabi. So that's all over the show. Yeah. So how would you how would you classify the accommodation of these places? I think it's kind of compared to South Africa, it's kind of like your mid range. I'd say. Would it be closer to Mara Serena or Earth Lodge? Sort of more earth lodge from from size and and kind of luxury, but not over the top. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Not over yeah. The top. all the destinations. Yeah, yeah, generally, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the the biggest one we stayed is the the last lodge, which which is King's Camp, but I think they've got twenty one rooms or something cool. like. Yeah. The rest of them is like six, eight rooms. Yeah, max six. <clears throat> but how does that how does that then translate? Because you mentioned you had earlier on about. The experience, people, this the experience. Because mm. from what I've seen, and I haven't been yet, but yeah. from what I've seen, there's it's a shit show on the roads and mm. people driving and there's cars everywhere. So yeah. mm. how does it translate from being so exclusive accommodation wise to in, help me there? So uh, look, there, there's lots of levels of um, accommodation, and I think for your the, the the thing, the reason the parks are so busy is because they cater for the for the local people. And if you think about it, if you understand how uh, any national park or reserve works. If you don't get the the buy-in from the local people, yeah. it's never going to work. You know, if, if Kruger, for example, if Kruger National Park said it's going to be two thousand rand entrance fee per person going in, you don't get no one coming in there. And then if you don't have that money coming in, you can't pay the anti-poaching guys and mm. maintain it and so forth. Mm. So, um, yeah. So India is not yet that much of an international travelers destination. So it's focused on the local people and. Mm. The, the they've got the buy-in from the local people. You can see everyone's got their like tiger shirts on and oh, really? tiger yeah. hats and it's it's a thing. It, so the majority of the people in these places is locals? Yes. Yeah. Pro- probably like 80, almost 85 oh, percent. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. is it the same thing where, I know in the Mara, for example, you pay 80, 90 dollars a day as an international traveler, mm-hmm. but then the local guys pay 2,000 shillings or something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they... So yeah, you, you get a, uh, a lot of people going um, into these uh, into the parks. Some parks have got different zones. So you've got like zone A that you're um, assigned to and you can't move out of that, which also spreads those vehicles out a bit. That's but, the lottery system. Is that that? Well, it's, so, I mean, we, we, we can actually decide the, the zones we go into when you, when you book the permits. So our guys okay. will now, so, so the booking process will open up in September, October. For next year. For next year. Yeah. And then our guys will then, just so to make sure we're not in the same zone every single time, you yeah. get to see a bit of all the zones. And we also get a bit of info from the local guys on the ground. You know, if there's a particular tiger in an area yeah. that's got like a whole bunch of cubs, kind of want to spend most of our time there, depending okay. on where the good sightings so, are. So, so, yeah. Okay, the permit system, sorry. So mm. I've heard from you guys in the park. So I've heard of a lottery system where you go in the morning and the guy goes and you get a lottery and you get two or zone a b c whatever so let's say now you guys you've booked zone a for next year yeah and you get there and there's just no tigers there you cannot cross into zone b no No. discussion no asking nicely no bribing no nothing no no i mean yeah we noticed it with my situation you know just trying to get new permits and all of that it was an interesting just just help us with the situation just describe to people what you mean 
Oh, long story short, I mean, I, I ended up going on the trip. Yeah, Trevor was supposed to be going. Trevor was supposed to be going a week before uh, that ended up changing. Sure. Um, and, you know, Johan and them had to jump onto getting new permits and things like that for me. So, um, obviously, like I say, with a week's notice, uh, we were there over Easter weekend as well, mm. you know, so a lot of locals were traveling. So we struggled at, at one of the spaces, places specifically mm. to get permits, new okay. permits for me. Um, but we managed manage of course made a plan yeah exactly um but yeah i think that just also puts it into perspective you know it's yeah. kind of set in stone how the permits do work and okay and so i heard someone i don't know if it was you guys talking in the in the office one day hun, where you could apparently buy a permit that takes you through all the zones or a full day or a half day yeah how does that work? yeah so you you can get a, a full day permit but that's obviously a lot more expensive um that gets you and you, know, you can stay out the whole day is it worth it in in April it's so hot. Yeah. Like it's by it like, really like forties. Yeah. Celsius. 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 It's it's like monopoles in in October. Oh, you know, wow. so by like nine, ten o'clock you uh, you, you, get back. you have breakfast yeah. and you're ready to, to head back and get into the air conditioned room. Okay. Yeah. Um but also just the way the, the trip is laid out. So I mean you, you mentioned now that, you know, tigers and you might not have tigers in your particular zone. So we've, and as, I think it's been over the years, I think we've, we've got it down to the T now. Uh, the first place we started, Todoba, has got phenomenal tiger viewing. Okay. Um, you know, the, the first few days, can't even, I think we had like five or six. Four or five tigers, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, one. Tigers in, in the well. first yeah. few days. Yeah. You know, so that immediately takes the pressure off people. Mm. Then when we get to Pension Kano, we said to people, okay, well, let's focus on the general stuff, you know, because there's so many deers, the bird life is incredible, mm -hmm. the monkeys, and often if you just focus on tigers, then you come home with a very one like, dimension. one dimensional mm -hmm. plane catalog. So we then focus during that sort of six nights, mm -hmm. you then focus on the general stuff and yeah. the birds, because you've got those tigers already, you've banked that. And then you end up in Banavgar, where I think this year we had, I think, 15 or something. Individuals. Individuals. Including there. that one crazy sighting with five of them in one little water hole. What, mom and youngsters? Mom, youngsters. Yeah. And then like a stepbrother type of thing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. A bit of a weird dynamic with the male. The male a, that came a beautiful in. Beautiful. No, yeah, no, not weird. at all, actually. And, and our guide was explaining to us, you know, how he's, that specific male's taken quite an interesting role. So if I remember correctly, I think he's the half brother. So yeah. he shares the same father as those sub adults. Right. Um, but usually he said, you know, they would generally get quite aggressive yeah. even in that situation. But he says that male specifically yeah. is kind of just waiting. He's, his father is apparently a huge tiger. Um, and I think as that father's getting a bit older, he's kind of okay. waiting for his chance to now take yeah. his... Okay. Whatever lays his... Position in his position the in the future tiger, of tiger kingdom, <laughs> exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, okay, so never had been. So I was, and you've been to Serengeti and yes. Mara and Sabi Sabi. Yeah, you've been to Sabi Sabi. Correct. Yeah. And the Mara. And the Mara. So for people who haven't been to India, if you mm. compare those, the Serengeti ecosystem, which is pretty diverse, yes. from like flat until there's riverine and so on, plus then the Mara with the rolling hills, and then Sabi Sabi. Describe to me what the ecosystem looks like. Which is it closest to? Oh. <sighs> it's, it's a tough one because it, it's, it's really unlike anything that we have. You know, So you get yeah. the, the first place to Dobe, we've got like massive bamboo thickets. It's called the forest because we're talking about savannah, grassland, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so it's it's, it's a proper forest. Um, Todoba has Todoba and Pench almost in a way. I would say it's more if I had to compare it to any place, it probably Medikwe almost in a way. It's, it's quite, quite a hard, like hard quite a hard thick. Yeah, yeah, thick, but yeah, but it's bamboo. Yeah, um, and then Kona is like unlike anything. It's almost like yeah, those Kana, redwood forests you get in exactly, exactly. In but at the same time as well, Kona was probably the most unique. Mm. park i felt amongst the four that we visited mm. um just like johan said you know you've got these thick forests at one point you've got these beautiful ravines like yeah. rivers um in between it and then you get to a point where it's just like openness um almost grassland type of um feel. Yeah. yeah um so that was a very i mean that's probably the one place you could match closest to the Serengeti or the, the Mara, the likes of, yeah. just because of that, those patches of yeah. openness. And, and what would a normal day like be? So just to, to come in from my side, so in Mara, we went at six o'clock, we had coffee, we took our picnic breakfast box, which was very random. Yeah. <laughs> very random box. We would go and drive, have it, come back for lunch, go out in the afternoon, dinner at the lodge. Serengeti, we took lunch and uh, breakfast, so we, only, we went out for full days, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then Sabi is kind of structured around the lunch. So you would go out, have coffee, come back, breakfast, lunch, go out, drinks, dinner. Yeah. How is a normal day structured, or is it also different park to park? So a typical day would be, I mean, park to park was a little bit different, just based on how far the park was from the actual lodge. Um, because you don't stay in the park any of these. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So so generally all the all the lodges we stayed at were within the buffer zone. Um, of, of the park and society or whatever but anyway typical day we were up generally between five and six o'clock mm -hmm. um, anywhere between there meeting up for coffee and then we would drive maybe I mean some lodges it was between 15 minutes to the the camp mm -hmm. uh, or to the park yeah um, up to about ready? half an hour sorry sunrise Sunrise was just after, just after six. six, yeah. yeah. So as you get in, you kind of yeah, yeah you kind of get the sunrise. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we got to those parks. We'd line up, get in as soon as they open, um, and then we would drive generally for about three hours or so, mm -hmm. depending obviously on the on the morning. And um, then the guys had a packed breakfast for us um, at all of the parks, so that was really nice. Very very nice array of good old Indian food. I mean, from start to finish. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. So you say breakfast and what was in your breakfast box or how did that present this? So it's in, in the Tiffin tins. So every morning we had boiled eggs. So the um, sure. Tiffin tins, those three things on top of each other. Yeah, those silver. Up, yeah. The silver. Um, so it was, yeah, boiled eggs was every morning. Um, then it was like a variety like um, of like breads, yeah, almost breads, like a, muffins. that was made like almost like a banana bread, but with the maua fruit, which is it's amazing. It's good. It's, it's it's a good. Fruit. It's like these little it's these little flowers, but they actually make alcohol out of it, so yeah. it's very it's, sweet. I mean, it's like yeah. that smell exists wherever okay. you go. Beautiful. It's delicious. Yes, you got eggs. You got these maua fruit muffins, bread, <laughs> and then we had like um, sometimes we had like chicken rotis mm -hmm. for breakfast. For breakfast. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was almost always like one. a traditional, typical Indian type of food thrown in there somewhere, you know. And then coffee and tea. Then. Yeah, exactly. But they don't have milk, obviously. So it's all like cremora, like a crema powder. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we we had it. So, so have you done a trip out of Serena? Yes. Okay, you've done Serena. Yeah. I have just no. So that also you can get a box. So you can either say a normal box, yeah. which is like. Or you can get a vegetarian box. Yeah. 
Joni took a vegetarian box and Ken and myself took the normal box. Yeah. It, I, I don't know how, it's almost like, I think that the, the chef gets drunk the night before <laughs> and then the morning hungover, he just goes in and he just puts whatever he can Whatever, find. yeah. And some days there was an egg, other days not. There was always a chocolate, yeah. like a Cadbury's bar or something. And then they put them in, in brown paper packets so you never know what it is. Yeah. Mm. You open it up, it's like a croissant, but it sounds like... No, a croissant. <laughs> and some days there's a yogurt, some days you get salt, other days it is the most random thing. One of our best moments in the morning was opening this thing up to see what's inside. This was very strange. But that's very one thing strange. they can't get right in East Africa is they like can't. muffins or cakes. <laughs> You need like two liters of water to try and get that down because yeah, you just blow it, it's like dust. Yeah, so, so this, I mean, Joni called it pound cake. Yeah. Like that, it looks like a lemon cake, but it's like a loaf of, it looks like banana bread, but it's not. Yeah. And it is the most random because if, if, if you were to sit and close your eyes and pretend really hard, it's almost nice. Yeah. But it is not, it's nice enough that when you're tired, you're going to have like another piece. Yeah. yeah. But if you think about it, it's really shit. Yeah. But they've got this stuff. All the time. Yeah. Every moment you nice. turn around, there's like a piece of pound cake. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they can't. How difficult would it be to just do a normal breakfast? Just something basic. And it doesn't have to be made. Yeah. Like even, honestly, like a chicken roti mm. yeah. and a cup of coffee. Yeah. Good to go. No, no exactly. exactly. Oh. No, it's everywhere. Kenya, Tanzania, if you see a muffin, you can guarantee you, <laughs> you need like two, two cups of coffee to get that thing down. Yeah. At least. No, it is. It's like powdered muffin. It's like yeah. butter doesn't exist. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Like, it's like no, no exactly. butter. That Honest question: Do you think they make them on mass like a few days before? Because they don't feel. And it's not pointing fingers at any lodge here, but just in general. Because for, at the Mara camp, we obviously we're small, so we can yeah. do small scale. Yeah. But if you have 160 people at a lodge, are they baking 162, 300 muffins every morning? No, I think they must. Those muffins don't seem like it. No. Maybe like Sunday, let's bake for the next two weeks. And yeah. Like, <laughs> Put them randomly in whichever one you pick. It might be a day old, it might be a week old. It's up to you. We had, a, we had a great time every morning opening our box. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Only the, only, literally, the only standard thing was a chocolate. Yeah. And the nuts. Those, those out of African nuts. Oh, yes. Those are good. Those are always good. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go back. So you have your chicken right here and your cup of coffee with mm. um, powdered cream milk, whatever, with it. Yeah. Then what? Then generally from there, you sort of slowly start making your way back um, you know, back to camp. We did have to, back, you know, with our permits, we had to be out by a specific time. What is that? Uh, it was generally 11, 11, 11.30. 30, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you see authorities driving around? Rangers or, mm. so you do see them, they have a yeah. presence. Yeah. In fact, you, you have a field guide, they call them field guides well, of course, in the vehicle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Does he engage? Um, they try. Some of them do. Some of them try. Um, yeah. they, their English is very limited. Yeah. Or, or for some of them, their English is limited. Yeah. But they generally do, you know, put in an effort and they'll, yeah. they'll name the animal or whatever. Did you, did you have the same guy every day? Obviously, drive a guide, yes. Yeah. But this range of Forest person, guy? No. they rotate. Rotate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, so out at 11, then what? Back to camp. Lodge, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the lodge. And also, just to get back to those forest guides, I think that's also another great thing that, that makes those parks sustainable is creating the job opportunities for them. You know, as an outsider, you might think, you know, what's the point of this? But from what I understand is a lot of these guys previously were involved in um, low-level poaching. Yeah. Um, you know, it might not necessarily be for tigers, but it could be uh, for, you know, the meat trade or, or mm. whatever it might be. So, you know, creating these job opportunities, and it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of jobs they're creating. Every vehicle. You can't self-drive. No. Because... I remember, it's just random, going to Uganda for the first time, and you go chimp tracking. 
and yeah. we get our, our guide and he's got a big gun and he's got his camo and you walk with him into the bush and so on. Mm. And you start chatting to the guy and they were all, almost all of them were poachers. Yeah. And there's something special there, but did they in India dial it up? Do you know about it or do you have to go fish about it? Or do they lead with that? Because that's a good story. Yeah. I think a lot of them, a lot of them will sort of speak about it. I think if you, if you ask the questions, I think obviously for us, you know, coming from a sort of tourism mm -hmm. and conservation background, it's, you want to know these things, you know, yeah. you want to know. And you also see that human animal conflict, it's very close, you know, mm -hmm. you, yeah. up to the minute you drive through the gates, these villages yeah. Yeah. and there's no fence around the park you know? so, so it's, it's right there. Africa than Southern Africa. Absolutely. With the zones, Massa villages and yeah, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Okay. And, and what's great as well, I mean, all of these field guides, you, you know, you see them in the morning on your way to the gate there, they're walking out of their, out of their houses right there. Mm -hmm. So of course, as Johan says, as much as it's, you know, maybe their background, it's also, it's, it's sustaining those villages, mm -hmm. keeping them happy, mm -hmm. keeping yeah. these parks available, you know. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Sam, look, when I drove up to Sabi, so I flew into Serengeti, but when you drive to yeah. Sabi, you're driving through Bushback Ridge, you're driving through all these small villages, yeah. and and there's often the question, but why don't they move, or why don't they still poach like they used to? Yeah. It's because through the monetization of tourism in the area, they understand the value. Yeah. They're feeding their families, because your husband might be, your wife might be a, a housekeeper, or a chef, or a man, whatever, and the guys are trackers, and whatever. It, it's like, it's all there, so yeah. it's a good thing to know. Yeah. Sustains the local community. Yeah, we always say, I mean, for conservation to work, those local communities have to benefit from those parks being there. And basically, yeah. you know, those animals need to be worth more alive than dead to the people. So yeah, if exactly. that's not the case, there's no ways, you know, whether it be rhinos, lions, tigers, whatever it might be. Is, is tiger poaching still a thing? Not anymore. Not. But it was, it was big, eh? Like tiger, wine, or tiger bone or tiger wine, lion wine that they make from the bones. Yeah. I read an article recently, somewhere in South Africa still, they, yeah. they found people selling the lion wine made from lion bones, but it's oh, not yeah. from the tigers. Yeah, but if you, I mean, if you listen to the stories of the kings and how many, they, how many tigers they shot, just oh, really? for like, as a status How long ago yeah. we're talking here? It was like, years, no, but even, a, even, even no, like really. sort of 1920s, yeah. oh, 20s, 1930s. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of those parks, you know, 1960s, 70s that started, you know, when tiger populations really took a dive. Mm. And they actually did a um, census, did census now, uh, they released the numbers, yeah, for yeah. 2022. Yeah. And, and they were up. Going numbers up. are up. Yeah, and it, it yeah. has been up for the past couple of years. Yeah. So there's definitely a a lot of work going into it that's paying off yeah so but it's it's amazing you know even as you drive through some of the like you know some of the villages are very very basic especially like the doba and mm -hmm. Penge. you know kana and banavgar is more like a little town that you're going through but along the way you see the shops and there's you know little tigers or tiger key rings or tiger shirts or tiger jackets it's you don't actually realize that locals are buying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a massive thing. So I just, I just as a quick, as we're going, tigers once roamed across Asia, their numbers as high as 100,000 at the start of the 20th century, before it started to plummet to the brink of extinction. By 2006, the population in India, home to the majority of them, hit a record low of just 1,411. Decades of conservation efforts appears to have finally paid off. India's tigers have made more than doubled since then. Hmm. This is 2023, reaching 3167. Yeah. at the end of the last year. Yeah. So 70% of the world's tiger population stands at 4,500 worldwide. It's yeah. pretty good. Did you know that there are more tigers in captivity in Texas than yeah. re-roaming in the world? 
exactly. Texas alone? Yeah, 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 yeah really. Yeah. There's more tigers in captivity in Texas than there is in the it's world crazy. wildlife population. Wow, that's, that's a crazy. scary number. That's crazy. That's messed up. Anyway, so let's go back. Yeah. So you've had your chicken roti. Yeah. And now yeah. you're driving back to the cab. What happens? Um. Then, kind of. Yeah. Type yeah, it's often like lunch is pretty much like we had lunch about one o'clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was so dusty the first two destinations. So everyone goes and has a has a shower and yeah, lunch about one ish and then we were out again by like two, two thirty. So, oh, so there's no time for lunch. No. Go back, freshen up, have some chow yeah. Day. I mean we had a few like sort of hours one hour sessions, but mm-hmm. it's it's a full day. Yeah, and it's generally quite hot at that time as well. Mm. Um, and the, the bedrooms are the, are the only rooms with air condition. So generally you do find yeah. guests um, wanting to go back to there. So the whole group comes to your room and you all light room there. Let's do this. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. and, then, so the, and then evening game drive, so to speak, same, same routine? Yeah, very typical. I mean, yeah. again, have to be back just, I mean, just, just after sunset. Back, back at the lodge or, or out or the reserve? Out of the, the reserve. Out of and the, do you stop the drinks like we normally do and mm-hmm. none of that? No. No, you, you get like a lemon water mm-hmm. in the back of the cooler box, which is like good stuff rehydrates you but there's no like beers or wine or something on the vehicle is it allowed or not really allowed no nah, I don't, I don't think, think so. it's allowed no. No. we no. had a we had a because because Luke told us we have to speak about all the safaris you know so <laughs> I'm a, we're at Sabi Sabi and we park we decide we're going to stay with these two lions mm-hmm. two males the Kajima or yeah John and the Sam. one with the mane yeah the, <laughs> the male lion with the mane yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we sit there and um, so we decided that he said to everybody, we're going to park there for the evening. Because mm. we're up to 77 lines on the whole trip, so we're oh, good. Yeah. So we park there, we've got it, the sun's going to set there, everything. It became windy and it rained, different story. Didn't rain, just the clouds. Anyway, so it was our last night of this whole 12 days, so we didn't have champagne on the car. Mm. Now the car pulls up, so we, Johnny and I are sitting with a glass of champagne. The other people took pictures of our vehicle. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we're like, cheers, cheers with the lion, selfie, lion, da, da, da. Yeah. And... It was just a, 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 how do I say this? It was a reminder of the experience that we create because yeah. we didn't take pictures of these two male lions. They were just, no. they were up and yawning and stuff. Yeah. But you focus on experience. Exactly. So how would you describe to someone who's going to come to India the difference between the photography and the experience? And how do you balance that? <laughs> so, I mean, first of all, I think it's, it's managing those expectations from, from the word go. And I, that's what, you know, Mike and I spoke about is, on the first night, we'll brief them, and even people that, for people listening that are thinking of going to India, is don't go in with the mindset of first of all that you're going to have a private safari experience. N- know that from the word go, it's not, not going to be Botswana or like a Sabi Sands mm. kind of um, experience. So, so don't don't expect that. Mm. But also be open-minded about the experience. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, I mean, during the whole 13 days. Like we had, there's maybe one sighting, which I think was our first tiger where I thought, you know, where this tiger wanted to cross the road and people just got excited. How many vehicles were we talking about? That was maybe 30 cars. Mm. Um, Is that know, dramatically high? That's, it's, it's quite a lot. I mean, it's... I think, I think that's abnormal. Yeah. Like yeah. an abnormal sighting. Generally, you may be sitting with what? 10 to 15? Yeah. On, on, on an average sighting. Yeah. Average, I would say. And... You know, I mean, we, we can compare that now to each and every single destination. I, I always say there's, there's like a 
good and a bad. Now people say, oh, but in this place in South Africa that we stayed at, we only allowed two vehicles. Mm. Yes, but if it's a busy site and you're only spending 10 minutes there, yeah. Yeah. 10 or 15 minutes, then you have to move on and you might yeah. potentially miss out. So there's no limit on time. There, there's no limit on time there, but the guys are pretty good in giving each other a chance, uh, you know, whether you photographers yeah. or you know, taking photos with your phone and stuff like that. Yeah. I think also the fact that, you know, we kind of, hit the ground running with tigers mm. when we got towards the end the we, we weren't we weren't part of the of the rush anymore yeah we were a bit more selective about yeah the tiger sites i mean the, the, the guy would say well guys there's, there's a tiger there we're like okay cool what's the view is like no, it's a little bit far okay let's leave it yeah. we can go and sit and and so often and, and often <laughs> then find our own tiger you know so yeah. i think it's it's exactly that is not to force it no i think mm. anywhere you go is the way we've done it now is you've got enough time at the parks and enough tigers, by the side of and it. enough tigers. But it, it's the same as our Mara camp. You know, don't go into the Mara for my, migration and go for two nights no. and and try and race around because you're going to stress yourself out. Mm. I think it's the same everywhere. Is give yourself enough time yeah. in that particular area. Yeah. That same as like what we do with gorillas. You know, don't just go for one trick because it happens so quickly. Yeah. You're going to be flustered. You're going to put pressure on yourself yeah. from a photographic point of view. Yeah. Whereas towards the end, you know, if yeah. we could take wine on the vehicle, I think a lot of the guests would at the end just yeah. have a glass of wine and look at this tiger that's, mm, that's yeah. in front of you. That's an interesting thing. I mean, if you only do one gorilla track or one <coughs> Mara drive or one, mm. is it fair to say, just off the top of the head, that you might get some images, more drives will give you better images, but you might get some images, but you're missing the experience. Yeah. Mm, that's often. People get there and they just go, yeah. And you might get some images. The more you do something, the better it gets because you understand your subject more, you know what you want, what you get, how it works. Yeah. But the, the more time you invest, and I, I'm just thinking as I'm saying this, the more time you invest per destination, the better your experience becomes. Forget yeah. about the images. Yeah. Yeah. The images you get, yeah. you can go in and rattle off 10,000 images you can. I've seen this on a gorilla track, yeah. on one. Yeah. But your images will be better the next time, but your experience gets better regardless. The Certainly. longer you spend. Yeah. Did all of the guests who joined you have they all done Africa before? Mm, yeah. Yes. All of them have done Africa. Yeah. And it was all of their first times in India. Uh, some of the guests had been there before, but not not uh, more the cultural side. Yeah. Okay, people. Yeah. And did you guys do any of that? No. No, not really. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides. You me, were burning too, weren't you? I was like the culture act. Did <laughs> <laughs> you tell stories of history and yeah, 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 exactly. Nice, nice. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, but yeah, I totally agree with the the, the time thing that mm. you because also with more time, you, you know, you open up more conversations. You get mm. to learn more yeah. about species in there, about the people. You know, and I think our camp is the, is the perfect thing. Can you imagine if you were there for one or two nights? Mm. You just you photo, photograph. And yeah. the, the, the magic happens that sort of last two nights where people are comfortable, mm. they've relaxed, they're now settled into the home and now they're sitting around the yeah. fire yeah. and having deep conversations with mm. Dixon and Tenke or with us. Mm. And, and that's where the, I think the true yeah. connections are made. It's, it's almost you have to on anything like that from an experience point of view. And I'm assuming this is the same for a trip like you guys just did. Yeah. And for Jody and I, so we know each other well. There's my client who was with me now on my Serengeti Mara Sobi Sobi. You, we know each other well, but still the first few days you're settling into the rhythm, mm. and then a wall comes down. A wall comes down in the way that you're happy to talk about sports, life, insecurities, or just shut up and not say anything mm. for an hour and a half, two hours. Mm. And what you said there, after a while at the Mara camp, two, three, four days, 
the walls come down and then you only then only you're finally open to the experience exactly where those short distance those guys who do Mara one night Nakuru one night and Maseli right. one night fly home no. oh man no, you can't you do that you never experience it yeah can't do it no. yeah mm -mm. so overall for you being it your first time yeah like, you've done Africa now you've done quite a few reserves what struck you as different and what was the same to an African safari experience sure what struck me as different and what was the same um, well, I definitely think, I mean, obviously the culture side of things, maybe, you know, we, we obviously didn't dive right into that, but you, you know, you still really experience it to the full, mm. uh, when you're at these lodges, um, you know, I, th I thought Pagdandi, their staff was mm. incredible, um, at all of the lodges, you know, we, we got to spend time with the managers, the food, the, the mm. food experience was unreal. I mean, I didn't have the same curry <laughs> at, at one meal. It's like every single meal is a different experience, different area. Mm. You know, they, they go out of their way to do that. So, so I think that was wow. very different. Okay. Um, shucks, and what was the same? It's, it's quite, a, quite a hard one to pinpoint. So while you think about that, the reason I'm asking is Africa as a whole, I'm talking the big destinations, even, even Botswana and all that, but East Africa, Serengeti, or Serengeti, Tanzania, Mara, uh, Kenya, South Africa, we have the hospitality thing pretty waxed. Mm. Mm. Like the transfers in, the welcome at the lodge, the people coming to dance, the whole, everything's pretty waxed. Mm. I remember going to Canada years ago and they said I'm staying at the seven, one of the top seven lodges in Canada. I'm like, fuck, I'm expecting Londo's or St. Keats. Yeah, yeah. Dude, what, we're talking like warm bars. Dude, you guys kidding. But, but they did it as well as they could, but there's something special and very finessed, for lack of a better word, in South African and East African safari hospitality and the management thereof. Yeah. Is it the same? Uh, I don't think so. I think it is slightly different. I, I, I definitely agree that here in Afri East Africa, South Africa, it's, you can't quite compare it. It's, yeah. I mean, we're definitely above the standards there. And... Um, but I mean, take nothing away from what they do offer, no, 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 no. Um, you know, no. but I think maybe to pinpoint something that I felt was similar is, you know, often you're driving around, it, it's beautiful out there, very, very different mm. um, environments and stuff. But, you know, at one point you get somewhere, you all of a sudden hear an alarm call off in the distance, mm. you switch off the vehicle, everyone's quiet. Yeah. You're still in nature. And mm. it, it's, I mean, it's incredible as different as it is. It's still that same experience yeah. where yeah. You, you can actually just stop, switch off, yeah. and nothing else matters. Yeah. Matters in that moment, you yeah. know. You're present. Exactly. Present. No off-road driving. No. Ever. Not at Nowhere. All. No chance. Not at all. Are there private reserves where you can? Um, I believe there are, um, but I, I think it's it's a few and far between. Mm. I think the other thing is there's also different is it's like. You're using different senses, like you're talking about, like probably about 90% of it is yeah. hearing, hearing, huh. listening to alarm calls, like okay. spotted deer. Where for us, often in East Africa, it's binos, you know, scanning those vast oh, open yeah, plains yeah. and yes. you know, stopping to scan or tracking. or tracking. Whereas for them, it's stopping to listen. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all they rely on is, yeah. is hearing. So, yeah. can you please indulge me and help me out? What does a spotted deer alarm call sound like? <laughs> Just like that. That actually exactly wasn't like too bad. That was so cool. basically like a very looking for a cocaine up wild dog. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. So but sure. yeah, so that was that was quite an interesting mm. um, adjustment. Yeah. And I think one thing I wanted to add on to what Johan was saying just now about, you know, all of the vehicles and sometimes you know, a lot mm -hmm. of people, this and that. 
what's quite nice about stretching out our experience like we do is um, with a lot of locals coming into these um, parks, you know, it's amazing to see how excited they get. And, you know, there's the glimpse of a tiger and those cell phones are out. Okay. But that's what it is. It's, you know, they, they, they might stay there for 10, 15 minutes, mm -hmm. snap away with their, um, their cameras. Yeah. And from there, it's like they move on, you know. So that allows us as well to, to kind of slip in where we can. I wonder what the difference, why do you think that those people are so, they're taking them? Because, I mean, I look at places and I saw this in Sabi, in South Africa, I saw this in Serengeti and Kenya, where there's local people or buses or whatever coming past, but it, I don't see that. I don't see it to that level yeah. of taking pictures, sharing this out, wearing the t-shirts. It's, it's almost yeah. like, and I could be 100% wrong here, but it feels like there's a little bit of blaseness about it. Yeah. I wonder what that is. Does the government push it? Do they have a, is there a campaign where, I don't know if you watch TV or anything, yeah. was there a campaign that says we're going to save these things, this is our money? I wonder what the difference is. And look, I, again, yeah. if I'm wrong, I apologize, but I do think that I see a lot of local people in South Africa who work in these areas and who are surrounded, well, they drive through these areas and they're just like, oh, well, there's another leopard. And yeah. just carry on. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also the, um, the history of the tigers, you know, and it, it's, a, it's more of a symbol mm -hmm. to them than African wildlife is for us, mm. if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, you can look back at old statues, old mm. paintings, it's got tigers in there, yeah. mm. you know, so it's got a little bit more of a meaning than just this, there's this animal yeah. or like Isn't a big fire. Like yeah, okay. yeah, and it, it just um, showcases that or represents that strength and, mm. and, and, and power. Yeah. So I, I think it's got a little bit of a different uh, different meaning to what yeah. you know, the wildlife does in, in Africa for us. But I also wonder, I mean, and I'm just thinking about what I said. I do think there are people, but if, if we have big five and then you've got 20 other large mammals, some people might just be more into elephants or they're into leopards. And so maybe it's just because it's from the one icon species, maybe it's just filtered down in South Africa yeah. or in Africa because... I might like leopards, you dig rhinos. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a interesting thing. But the, the, the thing for us is as well is we've outpriced it for our local people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, if we... That's a very good point. If, yeah. we, if we potentially, you know, had like a, a Londo, Sabi Sabi, or any of those lodges in Medikwe on the mm -hmm. sands, if we had like a South African rate of, what do you pay for bed and breakfast? 800, 700, 800 rand yeah. per person per night. I would love to see the faces of, of a lot of South African people see to see not only the game viewing and the parks, but the service and mm. the yeah, lodge yeah, sure. and, and those kind of things. Because a lot of people don't get to experience yeah. that. You know, it's, Do you remember what happened in COVID? So, so they, when COVID happened, obviously the whole industry stopped. Yeah. And the, nobody could travel internationally, so the borders were closed. And, and when the provincial borders then opened up, a lot of the lodges went onto Facebook and said, hey, or we're running South African specials, you can come now for, let's say it was normally 10,000 Rand per person per night. We're now doing it for 1,500 Rand per person per night. Yeah. But you have to book three nights back to back. Mm. And the outroar that I remember on Facebook, there was an uproar because a lot of the local people then went, you know, screw you guys. Yeah. You now need us. Yeah. So we're not going to come and support you because normally we can't go there. I'm thinking you guys are all idiots. Yeah. Go. You suddenly have an opportunity to do this. Go and do but it. now people are like, oh no, you didn't. But it's quite right. I mean, I would love to have some friends and family experience the places we go to yeah. and see the service levels and the food and, yeah. and, and, and. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting thing. I would even like to see some lodges have a requirement to say, if you're in this reserve, you have to 
in a year's time, you have to have X amount of bed nights that's taken up by local people. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's how we, that's how we um, drive forward our message of, you know, it's all good and stuff. We say this thing about rhino poaching and how bad it is, but unless it hits you in the face, unless you go and see it yeah. in person and you go into the Greater Kruger and you see the dehorned rhinos, yeah. Yeah. that's when the message hits home and yeah. that's when the word gets spread. It's, 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 that, it's, that thing like, it's not about what you say to someone, it's what you make them feel. Yeah. And the only way to make someone feel that is to put them there. Yeah. Sit there with the sun rising, yeah. Yeah. grass waving, there's a rhino walking with an off horn, suddenly it means something. Yeah. But I think no. the Indian government definitely do something right there because mm. you know we were sitting at a water hole the one time waiting for a tiger hopefully to come down didn't come down but we we sat there and we spoke with our guide and he was telling us about you know all of these parks have a tiger or tigress that was like the tiger yeah, yeah. do they still go by numbers mm. in some places but they also name them okay. once the tiger is broken away from okay, the okay. from the mom yeah so you get like your scar or your tim exactly or those big numbers. exactly i mean and he was telling us a story about this one queen tigress i can't remember the name but so passionate about this tiger i mean hmm. even to the point that when this tiger ended up dying they gave it like a a um burial. a burial a full-on traditional oh. burial yeah. and you could see i mean this guy was getting emotional when he was talking about this showing yeah. us like his last photos he was like look here, i got one of the last mm -hmm. photos you know um so they, they definitely do do something there i mean how amazing would it be mm. to to see that on our our locals yeah. and, and yeah i just i just want people listening we're not being disillusioned yet they definitely there's definitely a passion for wildlife love in south africa yes, in Kenya, sure. Sorry. Yes. but from what you guys are telling me it just feels like it's different there it's more it's more accessible yeah and, uh, and i think it's still a new thing Meaning? Mm. Is it like the the parks and the tourism oh, thing right, is right. still still very much a yeah a new experience and i think they a lot of the stuff that they're doing they they are getting from africa you know understanding how, how these sort of lodges and i think Brazil, very similar, you know, speaking to Ricardo there, is they, they look up to African guides and things mm -hmm. and, and try and get some, um, some ideas. And, yeah. and, I mean, we had the, the guys asking us about you know, when's the best time to go to Africa. And, yeah. and, I mean, I said, imagine how cool it would be to take like three or four of those guides, oh, bring them into Africa and take some of our guides there and just compare notes. You know, and, no, it's and, a word. You have to do that. Mm. What, what is the best time to go there? I'd say like the time that we went now, March, April. It's yeah. hot as anything, but Does it's it get hotter after that. May, yeah, but that that's yeah, that must be uh, stupid. They say like something like fifty on average degrees oh. Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then it's rainy season. Yeah. After that, yeah. Then do the parks close? But a lot of the parks close in June. Yeah. I think June, July, August, September. I think October they open up again. Yeah. I think it would be interesting to see it in a, on a different um, in a different way with the rain and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it would definitely be a little bit more challenging. You know, we kind of yeah. bank on the waterholes when we, you know, that's how you do your game drives sure. from waterhole to waterhole. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's kind of our. Goal. And then you're both hosting this next year. No, no, myself and Trevor are hosting it next year. Okay, yeah. and as of the time of this recording, is there still spaces available? There are, there's still five spaces available. So basically, if you want to travel with a local, That's like yourself, you want to go to India, yeah. get you up, hey? Definitely. <laughs> and also, yeah, for, for people wanting to, to go, it is, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, I'm not going to try to do this as poli politically correct as possible, <laughs> But I think there's a lot of people and places that try and market a tiger experience to be better 
than in India. And for me, I don't think it is. I think you have to, you have to have everything that that it offers. Wait, wait, come back. Say that again. So like a like a tiger viewing experience in you know South Africa or Botswana or oh, right, Tanzania. It, oh, it, it, yeah. it might be more private, but it, it's not the, like, it absolutely gets my blood boiling when people say that's a better experience than in India, because it, it's not, you know, yes, it might be a little bit more private, but it's not the real thing. It's not the, mm. um, the there's a certain kind of, almost like a mystery about tigers in that forest, you yeah. know, hearing it and you hear those scores getting louder and louder and louder. Yeah. It's actually a beautiful sign outside Banovgaard to say, um, but thank you so much for visiting. Don't worry, if you didn't see me, I saw you. Yeah. Oh, nice. of, of this tiger. And yeah. So that's exactly it. You can hear these alarm calls coming closer, but you don't see the tiger, but mm. you know it's looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you get a glimpse of this animal and it's in that forest and coming into the open, mm. it's like a so wow factor. You know, I, was, I think I agree at that. There's a couple of places in Africa where they've got their tigers and you can go there and they're up close and whatever. Yeah. The argument, I suppose, is it a better photographic experience? Depends what you're after. Is it a better overall experience? 100% not. Yeah. Because everything in life has a cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. So the, 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 the value of sitting in the forest in Pinch or Kana, whatever these places are, right? And sitting, turning the car off, sitting there waiting. Yes, there might be five other vehicles close by. Mm-hmm. That's the cost for that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the cost of going to another place that has tigers, yeah. that you can go and get great photographs, the cost there is the lack of experience, the lack of the bigger experience yeah. of traveling to those places, yeah. of having your chicken rotties in the morning, yeah. of knowing you're going to get up, of dying of heat at quarter to 11 in the, in the, in the morning. <laughs> the, those cost elements are actually part of the experience. Yeah. I think uh, you're 100% right. Yeah. 100% right. And I mean, if you, if you look at the Serengeti or the Masamara, you know, sometimes you get a lot of vehicles there. Mm. It's like saying it's then better to go to a 2,000 hectare reserve and see lions mm. and photograph them there than what it is going into these big open systems. Which yeah. because, because when you sit in that sighting and then at 16.42 in the afternoon, there's 20 cars around a cheetah. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's cool. Get your shots now, guys. We don't like to leave. At quarter to six, when you're sitting... And it's quiet in the vehicle, and you've got this hill with the tree and the sun going down. Yeah, yeah. there it is. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's all the bad and the good. You have to take it together. Yeah, and like we say, every single place we keep on saying, every single place there's yeah. a there's a negative. If you want to be critical, can, we can pull any place apart. Exactly, yeah. you literally yeah. can. Yeah, exactly. What's the point? Yeah. Then we would travel. I wouldn't leave the office then. Because yeah, it's the upside and downside to everything. Is the upside worth the downside? Is the is having 15 vehicles in the Tiger sighting worth the total experience? Mm. Uh, yeah. That curry makes it worth it. Eh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, 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 just, so this is apparently a thing. It's called Delhi Belly. Mm. Did we have any of that? No, we were no, strong. We didn't even smash one emodium on the trip. Nothing. 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 Came back with a full box. Well, yes. you've been there many times. And g- you have guts of steel. Yeah, exactly. Natural for me. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> anyway, um, so you're hosting next year. Yeah. What's your next trip this year coming up? Next trip is f- one of the first weeks in the Mara. So July. Yeah, July. Yeah, sort of 16th of July I leave. Okay. Yeah, so. Up until then, you got a big thing coming up. I got my wedding coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16th of June, so counting those days down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. How's the, how's the arrangements coming along? 
It's coming on well. I must say, she's she's on it. Carla is She's doing everything you just yeah. said yes. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the next question. Is, are you just saying yes, yes, yes? Or are you actively involved in choosing the flowers and choosing? Or do you just say yes, that's nice? I'm actively involved in the stuff that like really affects me. So like my suit and stuff yeah. like that. Eh? So basically you're not. <laughs> gotcha. No, so but but it's all coming along. Nice. It's coming along, thank nice. you. Yeah. Can you say what was a surprise? No, 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 it's not a surprise. We are hoping to head up to the to the sands or somewhere up oh, there. Nice. Um, and then maybe go stay two, three nights at one of the lacquer lodges and then we want to go do some self-driving in Kruger. Brilliant. Yeah, lacquer, so. man. And when are you traveling again, you know? Nice. Uh, 10th of May. We're going oh, to Zambia, to Lower Zambezi. So our first, one, hey? our first trip to uh, with Tuscan Maine. So oh, nice. super stoked with that. I got a video of the dogs there, which is now 40 odd in the pack. Mm -hmm. so you, hoping, you and Mike hosting Yeah. Mike. Yeah, so we, two, two different camps. We just swap halfway around. That's very cool. It's so very apt to get back there. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll link up all email addresses and Instagrams in the description of the video. Um, otherwise, we'll chat after your wedding or before. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how the stress levels go, and we'll chat when you're back. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank guys. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so there you go. Uh, sounds like an amazing trip. If you want to join Mike next year, him and Trevor, get in touch. I will put all of our email addresses and Instagram handles in the description of this episode. And um, yeah, get in touch if you have any questions. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for lending us your ears. I will chat to you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Bye for now. <laughs>